Were you Nakey Baby? I'm like, no, I put on a bathing suit. <laughs> Nakey Baby. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jay. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight's episode 194 is entitled Security. Are you the type of person who is always checking the doors to see if they're locked? Do you fear that your partner isn't always telling you the truth? Does your loved one always hold on to money and not want to splurge? Do you get a ton of phone calls and texts asking where you are and where you've been? We'll be talking about the emotional need of security this week at the table. So pull up a seat at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or watch us live or later at youtube.com forward slash lunchtime in Rome. Visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com and while there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media and it would be great if you gave us a five-star review. Birthday boy, what specifically is this podcast about? Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good, and bad times are worse when you are all alone. Romans 12.15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. We demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes of the podcast, and we talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome! That was a really good... That was uh, like... Yeah, that was in sync. Well, that, yes. Oh, uh, as a Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the intro with the description of like, is this you? Is this you? Is this mm. you? I feel like there's a lot of people that are going to be like, it is well, me. that is me. Yeah. yeah. And we switch it halfway through to, or is it your significant other? Yeah. Because it may not be you. Then there's going to be more people like, yeah. <laughs> Son of a... That was good. Um <laughs> You can't be you can't strong, get off baby. a podcast without a good. Um, um, actually, you can. <laughs> no, it's, we've encouraged no, you one to. Can. It's, no. it's actually impossible, and I'm owning it. And that's you, Eric. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's beautiful. <laughs> we all love it. So uh, we have had we've had some core memories. If you've seen Inside Out, um, they refer to the like the deep memories, the big moments as core memories, and. Um, uh, Chris, uh, Chris's daughter Lily, Lilybug, her prize for going to all her musical practices for February, wanted to go bowling with Maggie <laughs> at Zone Twenty Eight, oh. and it was so fun. So we went to Zone Twenty Eight um, with Lilybug after church on Sunday. We had a great time, but there was a moment where Maggie and Maggie loves. Bowling itself, just doing it herself, but then she loves watching other people bowl, and she loves cheering them on, and it, that's just so fun to watch her do that. Mm-hmm. Like I could not bowl and just watch her do that and be perfectly content. But then there was a moment where, um, and I, I, I always forget what the name of the song is, but it's a Justin Timberlake song, and it's the dance, dance, dance song, right? Um, something, yeah. But I, I got this feeling. Yeah, I got. Yeah, yeah. Is and that, I think that, is that the title? I think that's the I'm name. Sure I got this though. feeling, or something like that. Somebody's gonna be rolling their eyes at me right now but that song came on and she loves that song and so we're bowling that song comes on she's dancing like it was just this moment that was just just so fun and like you could tell she was just experiencing like pure joy and having fun with family and friends you know like you know and inside out like family island starts you know like Mm -hmm. ding 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 you know like and i was like this is great 
Um, and I've just, I've had a couple moments with her like that this week that, um, that are, that are really good and fun because like she is a great kid, but she's a lot. Right. And she's very stubborn. So there's what? times where I just like, uh, I, you know, clench my teeth. Um, but you know, tonight we were, we were in a parking lot waiting for Amy inside the store and, and, uh, she's been, she's starting to write, you know, letters and stuff. And, uh, so she has a, a app on her tablet that she can, you know, blank sheet, like ba- basically like a blank sheet of paper and she's writing and, you know, I'm, she's like, all right, let's spell a word, daddy. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like T and she's like, okay, next you. Okay. R. Okay. <laughs> yeah. D R. She's like, "What's that spell, Daddy?" And I was like, "Turd." And she just like laughs and like thinks it's the funniest thing. And so it was just like fun daddy daughter moments. It's Man. just like great. Um, and just we we just like giggled like because it's just fun. And she's just experiencing like this new um, thing that she can do with you know with creating letters and and I'm having fun moments with her. Like, yeah, you can spell things like this now. It's you know so just. Yeah, just good daddy-daughter moments, which is awesome. It reminds me a lot of an Instagram reel I saw of, and I mean, it's probably one quarter of Instagram reels, which is like the salty mom, you know, venting about their kids. And she's like, you just have to understand that the number one joy in my life is my kids. And the number one thing that takes the life out of me is my kids. (laughs) And it's like, and if I could also, it's also like the great TV show Cougar Town, where the very sarcastic and... uh, Angry Ellie has a 90 second golden moment every day where she's kind. And somebody said something like really rude and they all looked at Ellie and she didn't say anything. And they're like, Oh, is this the 90 seconds? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you just get those moments where you're just like, it's okay. It's and it's the whole mental snapshot thing. Yeah. You're Mm -hmm. like, file that away. Yeah. Because man, Mm -hmm. hang on to it. You got to hang on to it. Phew. So fun. I'm happy about that. So today is my birthday. I don't know if yeah, you guys it know. is. Oh. And birthdays for me are really insignificant. And so it's been why nice. Is, why is that? Because I, I know I know that about you. But like, why? Just, wait, are you being serious? Oh yeah. Interesting, because like you are very high on appreciation, and so I would think that. Yeah, and maybe it's because and I, all I did was get born. I didn't do anything. Yeah, but it's it's your day. You want to be on? I want to honor you. Yeah, like, we could flush that out some more, but no, it's never it, interesting. Never. If, we, if we look at it from an emotional needs perspective, right? You have a high need of appreciation and a high need of attention. It's surprising and that respect. like and respect. Like it's surprising that you don't need like a big birthday. Like it's your day and it's no, all about me. But no. like then I know you, and it's like it's never about. No, I will say this. Yeah. I do have a list of those who have not wished me a happy birthday. Ah. <laughs> Chris just pooped his pants. It's like, the, it's like, the, it's like no, the Ryan on the office with his list. Oh, Ryan, yeah. you know, yeah. like, as people text me, I'm like, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think from a appreciation, well, you're appreciating me for what? I didn't do anything. I'm just here. Mm. And, you know, so there's that. Mm. I mean, I don't mind it. I don't begrudge it. It's it's sort of the, it's just another day. It's like I didn't I didn't do anything. This it's, this is going to be next week's episode. Yeah, we're going to finally delve into Jay's. But you take other people's birthdays as an opportunity to tell them how much you appreciate because they care. Yeah. Rachel, I don't. Yeah. She doesn't care. Other people, sure, I'll make the wait. Rachel doesn't care yeah. about your birthday. Her birthday. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's like whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, on my birthday, though, 
I was, you know, people, what are you going to do on your birthday? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm probably going to get up, take Bella to school, and <laughs> be busy, go about my like day. I normally am. But as I mentioned to some of you, to last night, I cashed in one of my gift cards that I bought for me from Rachel for Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the True Float Spa. Yes. Oh, that's right. I can't wait to hear about this. Let me tell you. It's an experience. Wait, it's a, is, is that the like sensory deprivation? Oh yeah, I floated. Oh, I can't wait. In the salt water in the pod, absolutely. So yeah. I go and it was cool. It's in this little shopping center in Green Tree, and uh, like I wanted to break the guy. Like he wasn't all like namaste y, uh-huh. but I was like, bro, you took shop class. You don't know nothing about spas. Like you just <laughs> right, you didn't right. go to college. They trained like, you on how to do. And this. he's got his yeah. script and he sticks to his script yeah. and everything else. But you go in, you fill out the paperwork. You go, you watch the video and the really cool chair, and they tell you what you're going to experience. And so all that being the case, um, it, I would, I will definitely, I mean, I have another gift card and I will do it again. Okay. Um, you can change the lighting in your pod or you can turn it all the way off. You can you change leave the color your pod of it? open. Yeah. You can change the color. Okay. You can leave it open, partially closed or all the way closed. What'd so you I, do? Well, I get it. I'm like, look, we're either doing this or we're not doing this. So yeah. I just close the whole yeah. clamshell, turn the light out yes. and it's only 10 inches of water. So when you sit oh, down, you're just sitting in it. Like I'm on the bottom. Oh, but so then it's like a on. half bath. But no. So then I lean back. Now, as most of you here know, I don't float no, in regular water. Right. I, yeah. I mean, the feet go in the body, and I go right down. Right. Yeah. So I I lay back, and sure enough, I begin to float. Yeah. But it's like I get this like five second quasi panicky moment mm. where I'm like, I'm not staying here for an hour. Like, and it's not because it's closed. It's not because it's dark. It's like, and I was like, you shut your mouth. You're going to do this for an hour. Yeah. And so I laid back and you're floating. You could be in 30 feet of water and you can get right, out right. anytime you want. Anytime. Right? Yeah. Anytime. No, you they hold you in there. Even Captain. within there. <laughs> I mean, I did hear a guy go clunk and I don't know what that was. Like a lever <laughs> on it. <laughs> but then there's a button in there that you can push for help and whatever uh-huh. else. Rachel's first words. So do you think somebody was watching you? I'm like, no. She was like, were you naked baby? I'm like, no, I put on a bathing suit. <laughs> naked baby. Um, and they played music for the first five minutes. It's uh-huh. all, you know, dystopian. And, and yeah. And it was like a modem going off. And baby's <laughs> special uh, say shout that, out to Special Forces. Yeah. Great show. It's that new age 90s CD. And you can keep, you can play your own music. They have like a, you know, an adapter or whatever. But that I was Zeppelin. Like, uh, so uh, I, I let it go for you know, the five minutes and then it turns off and you just kind of sit mm. there. And you can't it, turn it back on or you can I don't know like if you if can you turn theirs to. back on, but you can plug in your own music. So you can keep it going if you wanted to. Yeah. Okay. So you're in this chamber. How would you have your phone in there or That's whatever? What I was it's wondering. on the wall outside. Okay. So you would just plug it in out there, and it would play through their system. Okay. Was Is the it, water perfect? Yeah. Was the temperature? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was. It was the same temperature as the room. Okay. So you're you're mm. fine. And I start off with my hands. Well, was it warm in the room or was it? Like, it was warm. Okay. The warm. It was everything was warm. Hot tub warm. Or no, room temperature warm. Room temperature plus. Okay, gotcha. And you have to shower before you go in, and you have to put in your plugs, which they give you, um, which was a little weird, but whatever. And so I started out with my hands to my side, and it was funny because I was like, oh, man, my, I feel like I'm, I'm not resting my neck, that I'm rigid. you know. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. It does say it supports your whole body, and right. I am just, and my neck, you know, I jacked my neck up a couple weeks ago, so I was like, all right, well, that makes sense. Like it's working on that a little bit, you know, fine. 
And I'm like, ah, I'm not right. And like my shoulders were too high up out of the water with my hands to the side. So I just put them over my head. And they even in the video, they show you the different positions that work best. So I just put my hands over my chest. And I was like, oh, oh, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just calm. And, and, yeah. they, and you're working on your breathing. You know, they tell you to do the four, seven, eight, which is four, inhale, hold for seven, exhale for eight, which I had done that. But then I was just doing my nose, which was weird because I can never breathe out of both sides of my nose, but I could. Hmm. Hmm. And I know salt I, water. I fell asleep. Sometimes salt water helps with that. I fell asleep several times. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, for sure. Oh, and third then, sleep. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> salty, sir. <laughs> I just had this epiphany too strong, but a very sweet, clear feeling. I'll just say it was about Rachel. Like it was, it overwhelmed me mm-hmm. with just how much I love her. And oh. it wasn't the least bit romantic. It wasn't, it was just this really weird. And I said to her, I said, I'm only going to tell you this and maybe the guys, maybe, maybe the table. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like if, if I stop short and just say I had this really intimate, mm-hmm. whatever, it was so pure. It was just mm. like this clear thought. Mm. And it was just for who she is, not what she is, not how she relates to me. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. And then, and then I started, you know, I've been in here a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so they tell you that the music comes back on for the last five minutes. And, okay. if, and then the water cycles. So if you're asleep, that's going to wake you up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm laying there and I was like, and I had to get Bella after school and I was supposed to be done at 145. And I, I was like, oh, the clock says two o'clock. And then in my head, I'm like, there's no clock in here. <laughs> you are asleep again. <laughs> so then I woke up and then I just sort of like, oh, and then I put my hands above my head in the I surrender position, as they call it. And that, like, my shoulders were like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it huh, was huh. almost exhilarating. Yeah. And then I played, like, with the walls. Like, if you push yourself, like, how far you go to one side. <laughs> and then I saw the lights starting to come back on out, and the music was on. So I was like... You're like, oh, I just figured out a game. I was spinning around a little bit, and it literally <laughs> felt like I was in space. Wow. Yeah. And, like, if you opened your eyes in the middle of it with the lights off and everything else, I was like, oh, that's dark, dark. Yeah. That's dark. Yeah. So you get out. There's a shower right in your room, and it's a gorgeous shower, super hot. Take care of that. And then on the way home, which, of course, I was in traffic and late to pick up Bella. <laughs> Oh, uh, Green Tree. My I ear mean, was a little bit. Oh yeah, I was. I was yeah. Green Tree traffic into uh, Squirrel Hill traffic. Worst. But I, uh, I was like just messing with my ear, and like in one of the little crevices, I just brought out a bucket of salt. Yeah, because like I didn't <laughs> yeah. wash. Sure. You know, right. Know. Yeah. So I will definitely do it again. You know, they have mem- like they have memberships that I could have put my gift card towards, like mm-hmm. the you know. But any but membership that tree. they have, it is Green Tree. It's far. But they have, so like there's a membership that's two or three, you can have three visits a month, but you can also take people as the visits. So like I could take the, you know, two of you and myself would be a visit. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's cool. But on Tuesdays, members uh, float free. So you also get every Tuesday for free. Wow. It's also $110 a month. But Uh, That's a bit much. It's a bit much. So we'll see. I'll definitely go back. How much is it per session? It depends. Like I paid eighty five and I got two. It was buy one get one. But like right now, I think it's sixty five. I feel like the buy one get one. It's not bad. And they have an oxygen bar afterwards, and they have tea and water if you want it. And I was like, I am not sticking that up my nose. And (laughs) I got to go get my daughter. So a little bit longer than normal, but it was really a cool experience. It is cool. I really think Rachel could do it. Uh Um. That first couple of minutes, though, is just like, what am I going to do for an hour? Yeah. Right. I would love to go back if I was really tired or really not tired. Because mm-hmm. I was kind of in the middle. Hmm. And so I dozed off a couple times. Whatever. Yeah. 
but I mean, I think it's helpful. I like the idea of like how it made you feel like, cause I know you've had shoulder issues, you know, the way your shoulders are oh, yeah. and, and the recent neck thing. Oh, that's, I, that's exciting. When I put them, when I put my hands above my head, I was like, Oh, it was so good. Yeah. It was just like, that is what I'm talking. Interesting. So. Before hearing you tell this story, I never would have gone to one of these. And now I want to go. That I, sounds they great. Have, they got a bunch. There's two hallways and four in each hallway. So they must have eight. Yeah. So just make it a big party day. <laughs> Eight's a good number. Go. That sounds great. I've always wanted to do like a sensory deprivation or something like that. Yeah. Because the light stays on while the music's on in the first five minutes, but my, my thing was closed, so I still had a stripe of light. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I, like I said, I opened my eyes, and I was like, ooh, that's the same as my eyes closed. <laughs> dark, dark. Yeah, that's interesting. Like under yeah. the bed dark. That's cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything quite as cool, but I do have some good updates. Um, first of all, okay, so my boy Ben, he was on with you guys last TV week. TV star. Oh, well, that too. Hmm. Yeah, but he, I mean, I was so glad when I couldn't be here with you guys last week that he was home for spring break and, and uh, or whatever they call it, winter break, whatever they're doing. Love some Benny Boo. It was great seeing him. I love spring break, love Ben. ben. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I like spring break, It ben. was so nice having him home for a week. And then... I take him back to school Sunday. Sunday is also NCAA um, selection Sunday for for the NCAA basketball tournament, March Madness. And, of course, we all know, but some of you guys might not out there, that that Pitt had to do a play-in game. So they had to play early in Dayton, Ohio, against Mississippi State. So I take him back to school Sunday night. Monday, he's on a plane heading to Dayton with the basketball team and the, you know he's in the pep band and everything. So they're all head, heading that way. Um <laughs> and just so happy for him that he gets to experience this stuff and um I think I was telling you guys yesterday that on the plane they they sat the pep band in the very back of the plane. They were next to the dance team. Of course the the basketball team gets to sit up front in first class. Um well, the plane was in some way unbalanced, so they came to the back and asked for some volunteers to go sit up front. Ben volunteered, ended up in first class. He said it was just the, the biggest, like, cushiest seats, and he got to watch, like, the coaches have their little meeting about about the upcoming game, and, and he just he had a, a great time. And, of course, Pitt ended up winning by one point last night, so that was cool, too. Such a I just love Ben walking past everybody. I love picturing <laughs> Ben in a first class seat. Can you imagine how much more room is in that seat? You know, because Ben's not a big guy. Like yeah. a toddler in Santa Claus's chair without Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then yeah, we saw awesome. him on, on TV a couple times last night when the you know Did you talk the, to him? Uh text, yes. Yeah. 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 He had a great time. So fun. And um so where are they headed to next? Do they go to Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. And um, I forget who they play. Iowa, Iowa State. There you go. Yeah. So nah, they're in 11 Cyclones. Seed. They're playing a six seed, you know. Why is the Iowa State known as the Cyclones? Not a lot of Cyclones in Iowa. Yeah, it's pretty flat yeah. out there. Cyclones are in the ocean in Iowa. I thought it was just, just another name for a tornado. tornado. Cyclone? Yeah. yeah. You're thinking of a typhoon. Yeah. I, too, was thinking that, though. Yeah. What? Keep going. Cyclone oh. is tornado. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's All a twister. Right. Oh, there's that. none of them in Iowa. It's pretty flat out there. Plains of Iowa? I kid. 
Anyway. Ooh, they are the Cyclones. <laughs> so that was, you know, that's the update on Ben. And then um, Lily's just doing her thing. I don't really have an update on her. But um, Amy, who, of course, has been coming out of the whole radiation thing. And, and start- so the big thing with her has been this this pill she has to take five years. It's a hormone oh, pill. Man, and it was five years. Yeah, five yeah. years. And it's been driving her. Well, I was gonna say crazy, but honestly, it's been driving her all over the place. Like it's a roller coaster of like a cyclone. Yeah. Oh, it's like a cyclone. Um, so I will tell you about a cyclone. Tornadoes form from cold air and air from the tropics and are smaller, causing less damage. Cyclones form from tropical air rising from the oceans. Yes. And are larger, causing like significant spouts. damage, especially in the South Pacific Ocean. Yeah, so near wh- Iowa. Why Iowa? <laughs> I don't know. All the ponds. It, it can't be known. <laughs> but um, anyway, long story short, today, today, Amy's update was, she on her way home from school, she said, this is the first day I have felt like myself. Mm. So that... Listen, That's does that mean tomorrow? For. Does that mean it's the beginning right. of... Is it all going to come crashing right. down again? It's, she's probably still on that roller coaster, but well, have today they, was a good day. Have they... Uh, and that's awesome. I am so glad because you guys have needed a, a, a great day. Um, but have they said, like, is it going to be up and down for the next five years? Or will it, like, level out? I don't have that information. I can't imagine. I want to find that out. That it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long five years, buddy. I mean, if you're gonna no. if you're gonna go for a hundred yard sprint or an ultra marathon, you might want to know which one you're training for. Cause. Here's here's my educated guess, though, is that it's because they told us that it basically it, it mimics um, menopause. So there's going to be the hot flashes. There's going to be the the mood swings and the what I don't know whatever else careful. goes with that. So, but that doesn't last for five years. I think it's more like her body has to like adjust to the new hormone levels, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening right now. I will say this: I know of other women who have taken or and are taking that medication who are of far greater volatility emotionally than Amy is. And they are not as it hasn't lasted that long. Like okay, they, they find a center kind of yeah, but their center's off. Sure, <laughs> like they're a lot to deal with anyhow. Sure, but now they're also closer to menopause, mm. so you could be getting a double whammy. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I just hope it continues. I hope tomorrow's as good as today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, like just a little, little. What's tomorrow? Thursday. Little ray yeah. sunshine in the middle of the week. It's nice. It's great. A little blip. Celebrate that. But we're good. Other than that, I mean, it's we're we're just it's it's great to be out of the whole radiation thing. It's great to like know that she is cancer free, and even though the pill that she's on just sucks, <laughs> it's still like it's not hurting her. It is mm-hmm. helping her, mm-hmm. and she's it's. You know, I hate it all though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no fun. I mean, it's better than dying. Sure. Who's but to say? It's fifty. Oh, that was dark. I'm sorry. So, um, I've started meal planning at at, at our house. Lex is um, hitting it real hard. 
with both work. She got a prom- not a promotion. She got a raise and a bonus, which was really nice. I like raises um, with bonuses. Yeah, she's she's oh, yeah. she's been doing very well, and she's also going to school full time um, in the evening. You know, she's working, <laughs> or, doing it from home, but um, and oh, she's just well. <laughs> easy. <laughs> only two classes a semester. <laughs> I mean. Um, but so all the way around, she's doing well, but there, we, we came to a spot where it's like, well, what, you know, how can we bring more balance? Cause she's also does all the stuff with the kids, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of the you know, scheduling and, um, and you know, our finances and stuff like, so she, she carries a lot. So we got to a point where it's like, how can we even things out a little bit more? Um, and so I started doing the meal planning and, and doing the meals at night. So that's been fun, um, be, to have a plan and then go out shopping and get everything you need. But there's one, one meal that we've been doing it there. It's Parmesan beef tips and mm. you do it. Oh, it's so good, man. It, you, and it's, it's really simple. Um, you throw, you buy like a cut of, you know, beef, like a roast or something, cut it up, throw it in the crock pot and it's heavy whipping cream and bone broth and salt. And then you just let it. Oh, and, and fresh Parmesan cheese, like a cup of fresh Parmesan cheese that you grate. You throw that stuff in, in the, um, the crock pot in the morning and it's a, it's just it's such a fantastic meal it sounds like it would end up being like a like a fondue sort of thing in there is that what that like it it it, it doesn't thicken up quite that much okay um it, it's it's more of like an au jus um i'm like can you see the that? <laughs> well <laughs> that's where we, my mind went like with heavy cream uh, and stuff like i mean i guess you could but there, i mean the crock pot's great uh it was actually um out of a carnivore cookbook so it's yeah. all carnivore um what kind of beef i wasn't listening I mean, Doesn't I just matter. go to Aldi and Something you know, grab a, yeah. Um, so that's been something that's really been good. You know, you can do noodles with it or like a, a good piece of white bread and butter. Like all that's all less carnivore at that part. Well, it's not, but <laughs> yeah, it sounds, it sounds so good. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Crunchy, yeah. crusty bread, even. Oh, ah, soak it all in. So, um, I mean, that's, I, I got other stuff going on, but we're, uh, we can, we can move on. All right. I wanted to add one one other thing though. Uh, Michelle Gonzalez, who sits at the table with us, yeah, she wished me a happy birthday today and said, "So grateful for our thirty year friendship." Wow! And I just looked at it and I was like, "Well, that's not right." And I did <laughs> yeah, like, and I was like, "I'm more than 30? Wow! Yeah. Like I can't, you know, that's just that's wild. Yeah, yeah. like that's something my parents would say, and my mother does say that. Um, but you know what? I'm cool with that. And you said, you know, live, die, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Chris, you said that. Up is down. Who cares? Whatever. Because I don't really have a high need for security. Mm-hmm. We talked about my, yeah. my needs. Um, and we've been going over all of the top 10 emotional needs. And we've taken a break from doing what we're calling our evergreens or our deep dives into them. And the reason why we do them is if it is your one of your highest emotional needs, which you can find out what yours are by going to lunchtimeinrome.com and taking our relational needs questionnaire, is you get to understand a little bit more about yourself, why you are the way you are, how you can get your needs met without stealing them. But maybe as important, if not more, is when you have somebody in your life who has an emotional need, like security, that you don't have a high need of. Mm -hmm. It is one of those reasons why you have the same fight over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. separated only by time. The details change, but it's the same fight. Why? Because they have a need that you don't. So they value certain things that you 
don't. And when we go through this, you'll become to an understanding of how they are, why they are the way they are, and how they operate. So tonight we're doing the emotional need of security. And it's interesting, right off the jump, if you look at the Oxford definition of security. The state of being free from danger or threat. The state of being free from danger or threat. That's it. Fair enough. It's pretty short. It is pretty simple. Yeah. But I disagree. Right. (laughs) It's, it's, It's clinical. You know, it's not very nuanced. Well, and you know when we when you started talking, Jay, about how uh, emotional security, my mind goes to acceptance because I have a high need of acceptance. Right. So if I've done something wrong, I need to know that like we're okay or we're going to be okay. And I feel like the sense of emo- like it's funny because like I don't have a high need of security, but I do have that high need of like emotional security of like are we okay? You know what I mean? Right. And this does <clears throat> apply, as we'll find out in a second, to both relational. And physical security. But what but do you mean? Yeah. My, my problem with it is it's, it's you can be secure in the midst of a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this world is not a safe world. Right. And right. you can live in a really dangerous part of town. And that's like Ben Jackson's wife who crud. I am forgetting her Sierra. name. Sierra. I don't know why. Of all the names. I just had a conversation with Joe. <laughs> at Aldi on Sunday. And I saw him today, by the way, yeah. at Aldi. He might be there more than me. Uh, and, ah, and somehow funny. Sierra came up. I saw him four times. He, he, yeah, because the he point was, is, she hey, says, I, I'm, I am not the least bit safe. She goes, but I'm comfortable. Mm. So she doesn't have a high need for security mm. because she is secure. She says, I, she goes, I, I live in downtown New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm not the least bit safe. Right. There is always a threat yeah. for violence. But she doesn't feel threatened. But she does not feel threatened. So there danger. is danger. There is threat. Right. So the security is in in having peace within the storm, mm-hmm. having peace within the turmoil. The, the Oxford definition is probably also physical security, right? So like there has to be. You some, put a wall compound wall up around your house. Compound. It was interesting. Yeah. I, I look up a bunch of different definitions, and of course, security with the Silicon Valley Bank and banking securities mm. came up, and I was like, we're not, we're not going <laughs> there, right? But our definition, ensuring harmony in life and relationships. This is both in regards to physical and emotional security. So, yeah, ensuring harmony in life and in relationships. Harmony. that It's going to be okay. Everything's fine. We're going to make sure that, you know, this could be a good time. This could be a bad time. We're going to have money. We're not going to have money. You know, but we're going to be okay. Ensuring that, having secure, you know, being secure in that we're going to be okay. We visited Mercyhurst College this week with Bella and had a great conversation with a professor in their psychology department. And he was one of those guys you just want to sit and talk to all night long. Mm-hmm. And he asked Bella, he goes, Bella, tell me this. What would 100-year-old Bella tell 18-year-old Bella? And, of course, she had no answer. And he goes, let's make it easier for you. What, what, what would 18-year-old Bella, looking back four years, tell 14-year-old Bella? And she was like, well, and she kind of brought up COVID stuff and whatever else. And he goes, wouldn't you just say to her, it's going to be okay. Because whether it's 18-year-old Bella or 100-year-old Bella, looking backwards, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's sort of security. That You know what? Mm-hmm. No matter what, it's mm-hmm. going to be a yes. Rachel, Rachel, of course, wants him to be her uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and now we're going to really break some ground. If you've been with us on our, <laughs> our evergreens, we're going to crack the code. Beautiful. 
uh, just like every other. <laughs> it is beautiful. I lo- no, I love the beautiful simplicity of this. That well, it's this. The, it, what causes it? It's the same for every emotional need, right? So you have it met constantly as a child. That's the first one. So you're used to it, right? right. Or not having it met as a child. You've never had it, and you desperately want it. Yeah. Experiencing relationship trauma, such as being abandoned as a child. So imagine what so many, like we have kids in the school, Chris, I, I can't imagine what, what you see on a daily basis. You know, yes, I'm no longer the coach at the high school, but I still go up and I help out every once in a while. And we just hear stories of these kids. I mean, one, I'm not going to go into it, but mm-hmm. it, it, it just affects them. There's so much trauma. And mm-hmm. back to Dr. Tobin's point to Bella, you know, when you think of a 12-year-old child, three years of their life has been COVID post-COVID. Mm-hmm. So that's a quarter of their life. Mm-hmm. That's wild. traumatic in and of itself, yep. yeah, it's let alone traumatic being abandoned as a child, being you know cheated on as an adult. You know, having trauma within relationships is going to ha- cause you a greater need for security. If dad was never around, if mom and dad fought all the time, if every girlfriend you've ever had cheated on you or left you, gosh, mm-hmm. of course you're going to have a high need for security. Well, I mean, your brain starts to get rewired at that point in time, and, and you just, you're back in it every time you're in a new situation. And it's interesting how, like, some people, though, speaking of rewiring their brain, like they're, um, and I don't think this takes away their need for security, but I can see people saying, oh, I you know, was hurt this way by this person, hurt that way by that person. They start to shut down and be like, I don't need security from anybody. Mm-hmm. And they're almost securing their, their, themselves from relationships pretty much in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to that. Okay. I do have a question about number three here on this list of experiencing uh, relationship trauma, uh, getting ghosted by friends. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting to me because, again, I don't have a high need of security, but I do have a high need of belonging, which I feel like is kind of the same thing in that statement, like getting ghosted by friends. Like that would be that would be hurtful to me by... Your need for belonging, right. not security. Oh, right. I, don't, I don't belong to this circle anymore. Right. I don't belong to this relationship anymore. Right. Well, and, and that can be... It could be both, I guess. Well, just like you guys talking about with my birthday, like you have a high need for appreciation, a high need for respect. Like, yeah. They overlap. Yeah, but it could be like imagine you only ever have one friend. Well, there's no real belonging in that. It's just I have a friend. Okay, well if that friend all of a sudden doesn't answer your phone calls anymore, doesn't want to hang out with you anymore, if you get ghosted by a friend, mm-hmm. that you know if you have a high need for belonging, yeah, it might tinge, it might hurt a little bit, might hurt a little bit more. Yeah, but if you're just like, wow, I can never keep a friend, and so and we've seen those friends, you know, they're they're the ones that are always calling you 24 times, you know, before you call them back once, and they're they're like they're drowning, yeah, you know, because they're so scared they're going to lose another friend. Mm-hmm. Mm. Always being dropped by significant others. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Does that if, mean if you're, like you're the one that gets broken up with? Right. Okay. Yeah, that's going to cause you to have a high need for security. I would think so. Right, because you're in a relationship and you're constantly like, okay, what? When's the shoe when, going to drop? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm, When's right? the shoe going to drop? When am I going to do something that causes them to leave? And those are all pretty much dealing with emotions, whereas physical things. Experiencing breaches in safety and trust. And I actually read that as beaches, and then I had to reread it. You're that. like, oh, beaches. beaches. Yeah, right? Experiencing breaches in safety and trust, something like assault. 
break-in, there's a loss of property, or, or I was thinking also like an automobile accident. You know, oh, yeah. those, those are kind of things that are going to, they're physical things that happen that well, are you going. you think about that, experiencing, in, you know, a breach in safety or trust. When somebody that like crosses the center line and hits you, which I've had happen, mm. like that's not supposed to happen. Right. Like you think in all of these, that's not supposed to happen. Mm. Right. So I was once secure mm-hmm. and now I'm insecure. Mm-hmm. And this goes to sort of the thing that I've talked to Joan Bella about for years, having lost a brother to cancer. And I said to them, you know, what you've learned <clears throat> is that everything's on the table. Mm. You know, I remember a week after Trey died, I went into Bella's room and she was crying. So mind you, at this point in time, six, eight, she's eight years old. She's crying and she goes, I'm afraid that you and mommy are going to die. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted to say was, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that, that one's out the window. Not a problem. <laughs> I was like, that's really? not a problem. Because that, that six-year-old just died. Yep. So, yeah. But the beauty of it is we, we worked hard at it. Mm. And, you know, yeah, anything can happen. But we also learned that you can be okay. Mm-hmm. Some people don't learn that you can be okay. And so then they live in fear. And I said that to them. I said, look, you guys have two choices. You can realize the worst in life can come your way. And things that aren't supposed to happen can happen. And you can be okay. Or you can live in fear mm-hmm. with a high need for security for the rest of your life. And to whatever degree, neither one of them has a super high need for security ish. Yeah. I always cringe in like movies or TV shows where somebody makes one of those promises, like they're about to go to war and they're like, right. I promise you I'll be back. It's like, like, come on. Well, you know, when, like if it's in a movie, it's like, that guy's not going <laughs> yeah. back. You're toast. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about how it's met. Consistency of upbringing within parenting styles. Oh, yeah. Right. Because when the kid knows mm. even subconsciously what to expect, they innately have a sense of security Mm -hmm. and i think it could also be as i'm reading this i'm thinking about like the parents that maybe play good cop bad cop or the parents that they they're not united in how they're going to raise that kid Mm. you know and and the kid knows well if i go to mommy in this situation i can get this thing from both of them and then daddy gets all ballistic because the kid just used mommy so that's that's how I read that one. I don't know who I was talking to recently, but somebody with it was dis, disjointed. You know, it was a husband and wife that were not on the same page, and you know, and as, as highly variable as life has gotten, you know, I I just I'll go downstairs and I'll talk to Rachel, and I'm like, man, we're okay, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, good, good, because I can't fathom that. Like, mm-hmm. and so then think of the volatility that that kid is dealing with, mm-hmm. because they're gonna go. That ah, was kind of my fault. Mm-hmm that I did that. Mm. Um, you know, and along the same lines is just having stability at home and having there be peace, not the absence of conflict, mm-hmm. but the presence of peace. It's statistically one of the greatest, um, barometers, barometers of a healthy adult, you know, like there, there, the, there's so many things that happen when the stability isn't at home mm-hmm. and we can try to cover them up in a lot of different ways and, and make excuses. But statistically speaking, having a stable home place, even if, even if it's not like the nuclear family or, you know, um, something like that, you know, at least if there's some stability there, that kid is going to feel much more secure as they walk out the door and face life. Man, my mind goes to when we went and saw that FBI guy. Um, yep. And he talked about like, you know, like when we were growing up, you know, bullying happened at school, happened on the school bus, 
you know, but then when you got off the school bus and you went home, that was like, you know, sanctuary. Right. You know, you you couldn't be harmed. Right. And now he's there's like, no safe place. there's now that there's phones, like mm-hmm. it all follows you home. So like, even when you're in your own home, mm-hmm. there's that lack of sense of security. Like that just mm-hmm. kind of like blew my mind of like, man, how many kids are growing up more anxious, more scared, more waiting for that shoe to drop like we talked before like when yeah. my when my friend's going to turn on me yeah. you know because of that constant just constant beratement of of all that like that's ugh. yeah and I, i've been thinking a lot recently <sighs> about the you know the concept of home i was um over the weekend we watched uh two movies interstellar and oh, yeah. um inception you know, and the main theme about them both light movies, yeah. <laughs> but the main theme about both of them is getting home. Yeah. You know, getting yeah. home to this person, and you know, to your point about you used to be able to come home. Regard home, there was a safe harbor. harbor. There was a safe haven, um, and not only because there's not stability in more homes now, but like you said, there's also not that separation of all right. I was bullied all day. I'm getting off the bus. Right. I won't be bullied at home. Right. You know, so you have the loss of stability in your parental figures or or that portion, and then you have this seeping in mm-hmm. of a world that doesn't stop. Right. You know, so and, relentless. And and so in a bad way. Yeah, and 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 so many people are are going to be doomed to wander through life with no sense of what home is like. Like we know people mm-hmm. that. They grew up in really crappy homes. They don't know. They're they don't know what home's like, you know. And that home carries that a, a huge weight of security, you know, or a huge opportunity for security for a lot of people. Yeah. So we're going to have an entire generation of people that really have never gone home. You know I, what I mean? I know this statistic doesn't exist, but I'd be really curious to see. Fifty percent of time, statistics don't exist. <laughs> Interesting. You can count on that. Uh, but like, <laughs> if the amount of people or percentage of people uh, that have a higher need of security is on the rise. That mm-hmm. would be a really... I mean, I think oh, I, colloquially, or, or is that the right word? No. but no. Uh, If you're saying yins are like that, then yes, that would be a colloquialism. Nah, I'm sorry. You're just saying locally. No, not even. I'm just trying to say that we can sit here and say, just because you know we understand Anecdotally? something... And, Ana- yeah, anecdotally. anecdotally. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Yeah. That uh, it's got to be the case, right? Too. Like, it's got to be the case that the... One need, would think. Yeah. Well, yeah. and again, I think when you look at what we've just come through over the past three years, to me, the need for security drove the madness mm. that we witnessed over the... So mm. I would say, is it on the rise? Hell yeah. It yeah. went. It's gone through the roof. We put right. gas on it. We threw gas on it, you know, and and all yeah, wow. This entire demographic of people that lean towards, hey, I'm going to choose security over something else. Um, they were already in that state, and now that's just ramp- been ramped up to eleven, yeah. and we've spawned an entire 11. generation that is not that like like we're talking about, especially this you know this age of kids. That's embedded in them forever. Yeah. One thing I heard in another podcast recently talking about how there's kind of three stages of crime slash, you know, trauma, whatever else, that there is what happens in the foundation of a child and then, or a society, then there's sort of the middle ground 
and then there's the end times. And so imagine a, a kid is raised in trauma. Now they're not doing well in school. They're not, you know, they're starting to get into little trouble and everything else. And then they go on to commit big crimes later in life. Hmm. And the problem is our government and everything else focuses on the middle stage. Oh, the schools are failing. We need to do more of this. We need right. to put more money in the schools. And, mm-hmm. oh, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. And they ignore the trauma in the very beginning of right. their lives. Mm-hmm. And we don't say, hey, how can we help families? How can we take care of families so that kids are raised with a much more um, stable upbringing? It is a constant discussion among teachers and not because we want to pass the buck but because again like we're just aware of all the things that kids walk into our schools with like all the baggage all the yes all the things that that make it harder Mm -hmm. to learn harder to socialize harder to like it's just yeah. yeah yep speaking of constant um the third one on the list here is constant and consistent meeting of and communication of desired needs. Yeah, so whatever uh, you know, someone's needs are, if you're getting those needs met and you're able to, to say that this is what I need and then somebody says, oh, and then they meet that need, you know, even if it's not an emotional need, you know, that if you go through life and you need food, you need water, you need shelter, and that keeps getting provided for you, yeah, guess what? We're going to meet that need for security, and that's why it may not be a hurt and may not end up being that high. Would you guys say that security is unique in in that way that if another emotional need isn't met, it could affect your security? Is there any other thing? I mean, I know we say that they overlap, like they, you know, you know what I'm saying? No, I though, see what this, you're saying, yeah. that if you're if if you, you know, if you have a need for appreciation and it isn't met, then you need appreciation. But you also might need security. Well, or like to Eric's case, you know, my his belonging, if that's continually taken away from him and and not healed, I, I think that you probably would grab it because that's a, that's a very relational thing. I mean, yeah. not saying the other ones aren't, but like that specific no, one. And same with acceptance. Like if I did something wrong and it's not resolved, yeah, like then I'm going to have even more fear and mm. more a sense of like emotional security of like if I do something wrong again, like. I'm going to be more worried from a security perspective about my need of acceptance, kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah, Chris, I would agree with you, but I would also say, or to answer your question, I would say respect as well, you know, because, mm, yeah. you know, if you don't appreciate me, you don't respect me. That's if you don't support one. me, you don't respect me. If you're, you know, if, if you're not including me in your group, you don't. So I think those two probably overlap the most out of the rest of them. Um, again, how is it? How is the need for security met? Conflicts are resolved in a productive manner. That is something that I just think is so underrated in parenting. Mm-hmm. Just in, in modeling that between a mother and a father, not just between parent and child, right? But that they watch and they observe. Setting an example, yeah. You know, yeah. It, we have done that. It's funny. With Rachel and I, we maybe have not done that. <laughs> You're like, all right, kids, get in here. You're going to watch Mommy and Daddy resolve this conflict. <laughs> well, because there's times where she and I will disagree. And Joe, as a grown 20-year-old boy, will say, like, stop fighting. <laughs> and I'm like, we're not even, we're just <laughs> disagreeing. Yeah. Like, we're not even. We'll go over to the like, neighbor's house if you want to see a fight. Well, like, they've <laughs> never heard me raise my voice to her. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they're and they're numb to Rachel raising her voice to me. <laughs> no, um, 
But I don't think we've modeled it enough when it comes right down to it. Now, yeah. I've, I've been very purposeful, Brian. I know you are, you know, with your kids it's sort of, for lack of a better term, conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Like, here, you really screwed up or, you you know, I screwed up, whatever else. Yeah. I think that's important and people don't know how to do it in their own relationship. Mm-hmm. So they're not modeling it right. Right in front of their kids so much. That'd be a whole nother show. Yeah. Uh, the fifth one on here is fear or threats are encountered without catastrophic results when you got the nervous nelly mama and anything that goes wrong she goes to a thousand mm-hmm. what do you think they're raising that's mm. a, a, the, the quintessential example of that for me is your your toddler falls down and do you respond with you know helping them up and saying oh it's you know or gas you're gonna be okay or do you are like oh my goodness and, mm. and and then the kid learns that well something terrible has happened and now it's time to like yeah overreact or i get lots of attention mm-hmm. you know what i mean it may not just be that but yeah there's just too much volatility and volatility involved in that so what are the results when you know whenever we have an emotional need not met there's a negative consequence. And we're going to go into the categories later as far as like anger, fear, guilt, mm-hmm. self-condemnation. But typical things that come from, okay, I have a high need for security. And again, it's emotional, but it's also physical. Mm-hmm. So if it's not being met, what are you going to experience? Anxiety. That makes sense. Sure. Manic behavior. Mm-hmm. Obsessive behavior. What would that look like? like manic man- behavior? Yeah. In regards to security. Yeah. I see. I envision something on the lines of like, because the next one is obsessive behavior, yeah. but like you know, being always like, is the door locked? Is, from a physical perspective, you know, from a physical perspective, yeah. Like, did you always, turn the iron off? Right. Like, you know, I forgot to close the door, or I forgot to lock the door. And think of know, the relationship. They're driving away. Yeah. The wife goes, "I don't know if I turned my curling iron off," and the husband yeah. goes, "What? Yes, you did. And even if you didn't." It's we just sitting on your dresser. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would say something you alluded to, we alluded to in the opening, like manic behavior, 35 texts or 25 texts, mm. um, you know, and look, you just texted, I just texted you like two minutes ago. Um, give me a chance to do what I'm going to do. I don't need 35 texts from you in these last two minutes, you know. Or checking your phone, like one spouse checks the other's phone. Like physically goes Ooh. into oh, the sure. phone because oh what if who's he texting oh. and that's that'd be more like obsessive I would right, think, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm combining the sure, manic sure. and obsessive checking the bank account every time every minute hmm. writing down some people still like balance their checkbooks come on <laughs> I mean what are we talking about here that can't be done but you know that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah wow wow that real people really do all that stuff they do they it's do. incredible huh uh, fourth on the list is shame. I love the fact that you read that like shame. <laughs> well, that's an interesting shame. one. So you you don't have security, or you feel a lack of security, and so you feel shame like by you not don't... being brave enough. Like no, by just like I'm the one that's always making us check. I'm the one that's Ooh. because your need isn't met. You start feeling like I'm the okay. only one that that's goes like into this. like some guilt, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, I'm interesting. Just, why is it that I don't? You know, why am I the only one yeah. who's always Why scared? do you never worry about this? <laughs> Brian's having a great moment. He's like, I, I've I just, never experienced shame at all no, in the I, first place. Like some of these, like, I mean, I know it happens to like people. Cognitively, you can understand that. I yeah. can get there, but... Um, 
Um, and we're getting into that next. How are we hurt by not receiving it? Uh, you have a loan? Yeah, you just end up feeling alone. Oh, you feel it's, alone. It goes yeah. with the shame. I mean, you're mm-hmm. just like, nobody understands me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody's, mm. you know, making sure I'm okay. And, and that goes back to the shame. Like, when, like when, when you know you have a higher need than everybody else, yeah. and then it isn't met, like it's, it's one thing if you know you have a need and somebody meets it, you're like, oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate that. I know. But then they don't meet it. So you're just like, oh, I am such a loser. And that is like, it's so, just like a good, like general, like topic true. of every single emotional need. Like you may not understand it, but if you can cognitively understand it and like understand your own emotional needs, you can get an idea of like, okay, well, they, they have a high sense of security. I have a high sense of this. They would not understand why I have a high sense of this, but I can get behind that. Like that's like, that's just a big thing. When you have that click in your head, like, I feel like it's a big moment. I feel like I, I know we're going to get down to the um, how does it work out for your guilt. So I feel like the, like when, as we're talking about shame and feeling alone, I feel like that would speak to um, self-condemnation. Sure. Yeah. Never heard of it. <laughs> so whenever you don't have an emotional need met, very often what you're supposed to do is be open, honest, and vulnerable and express and equip the people to meet that need. But... Very often what happens is you try to steal that need. You have a high need for affection. You start playing rough with somebody. Give them a hug. You do whatever. Chris is laughing. Why is Chris laughing? <laughs> That's just... No, I'm sorry. I, it just sounded funny. I need affection. Let's play rough. I don't know. That's true. I, it's, it is, it's absolutely, but it yeah. just struck me as... Uh, it sounds funny. Sorry, sorry He's going to go I... home to Amy tonight. How about some rough play here? <laughs> she slaps you across the face. You're like, oh, all right. Maybe not. Wasn't what I in mind. Was... But, um, <laughs> but I will say too, Jay, when, when, you, when we went over this initially or in the, in the early going about stealing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's unmet or it's being stolen from. Like, I, I do want to reiterate. No, taken from you. Is a hurt is when your need is not met or taken from you. Stolen. You then no, then you steal oh, that need back. Right. You're trying to get it yourself for yourself. Okay. But I want to reiterate the importance of that because like we talk about needs that aren't met, but we also, you know, the, the being taken from you and, and how that how you reciprocate that back to the world by stealing from somebody else. Right. Right. It, it's like a, when you really stop to consider that, that's really transformational. And I just wanted to pause here to reiterate that. And that's the impetus for stealing the need because it, it has especially if it's been taken from you yeah it's one thing it's it's like the it's a slow drip if the need isn't met mm-hmm. but when that need is taken from you yeah oh boy that's a that's a big need right then mm-hmm. yeah and a couple months ago we were we used the word intentional a lot and i think this is one of those things where you st- when you start to intentionally look at that in yourself and you're like oh man i just like was i, did I should i've hugged that person is that me trying to steal something or whatever it is like it's one of those other layers that as you level up in this this understanding of emotional needs um it really starts to turn a lot of the lights on because you see when people are trying to steal it from you and then you can also see when you're trying to steal it from other people and that's those are like signposts for you to to identify hey i got some work to do here you know absolutely and i think um. Yeah. Well. So. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, you become obsessive, in, in in most ways. That's the number one thing I think with security is it it, it takes over. And mm-hmm. in regards to emotional security, we've we've already touched on these, but I just wanted to refine them a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it is 
it's that constant questions. It's the text, whether it be phone calls. It's the constant communication, I guess, is maybe the better way to put it. I feel like this is one that's easy to spot, too, just reading through this list that you have. that um, the, These things, when they manifest themselves, like... As you're listening to this list of constant questions and the next one on the list, you know, smothering kind of over-the-top behavior um, toward whoever, like, I think that, I don't know, like, if we know somebody like that in our lives, that that's one that we can easy, spot. Yeah, you know what I mean? We're like, Ooh, I know somebody yeah, like that. Easier I can identify see that, person. that. Yeah. Yeah. They're very outward... Um, very visible mm-hmm. signs of, of a need of security. Well, again, you know, you, you, you think of that helicopter mom, mm. you know, the, the one at the playground, like you were saying, the kid falls, Oh my God, you know, and, and everybody knows about it. That kid is up, you know, um, in her arms and, right. you know, or the teenager that has no privacy in the room or, you know, it, it this really is a visible, there's a visible indication of this, um, this particular lack of security. Yeah. On top of constant communication or questions and smothering, there's manic snooping. Mm-hmm. And I love re- manic snooping. Manic <laughs> snooping. I know I'm liking what I wrote, yeah. but it's like it's, snooping. It's, well, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> manic snooping. You can't stop yourself from snooping. <laughs> yeah. That's well, also. Then you're manic snooping. That's yeah, a good that's too much. <laughs> manic snooping. Manic snooping. <laughs> and it needs for reassurance. And you think, like, we've all had, I think, or maybe we've been that significant other you know are we okay is everything okay and again eric you know you pointed that sort of you know your need for acceptance mm-hmm. but it's what's your motivation am i you know are you gonna break up with me not did i screw up right like I, yeah because there's times where like did i screw up is acceptance right because are there, you gonna leave me are you gonna abandon me yeah because and amy i not to go off on a tangent but like amy and i have been in those moments recently where like are we okay and we're like, yeah, we're we're fine, you know, like, and but I needed to hear it. Well, and there's you know? I, there's a healthy balance to that because you know <clears throat> when you are in a relationship with somebody, you have to check in with each other. Yeah, you know, and not that I did anything wrong. It's just like, am I meeting your needs mm-hmm. right now? Even though like we're going through it, you know, right. with like exterior things, you know, other family or just other events in our life right. are happening, you know, that kind of thing. But if you're waking up <clears throat> in a you know serious relationship every single morning, going, good morning, are we okay? <laughs> <laughs> then you come home at night. Hey, how was your day at work? Are we okay? You know that that's that's where it, it becomes obsessive and manic and yeah. Then we get into the physical side of things: checking on locks, doors excessively, which we've talked about. Um, more manic <laughs> obsession with spending and finances, and then uh, a withdrawal from normal activities. Ooh, explain that one. Well, if you're like, oh, I go to the store. Oh, I, oh you know, you don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I could, I can get mm. in an accident. So I'll just, I'll just have, you know, uh, door I, I dash. Wanna, I want to lock down for two weeks. Or hey, we're going to go out on a date. Oh, the city's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Lock down for two weeks. You know, I know people who only make, including UPS, right hand turns because mm. left hand turns are too scary. Uh, mm. And so, yeah, apparently, like UPS drivers, they're routing. They, yeah, oh, yeah, that's oh, part oh, of the routing. That's yeah. I know someone. We were just <laughs> talking about them off. Yeah off mic before the the show started who was it i cannot i'm not gonna say <laughs> but it is like the the example was very much a uh this person even if they make an initial attempt to to do a quote-unquote normal activity or schedule and you know mm-hmm. a, a normal sort of event 
They then they'll self-sabotage. Sabotage. Yes, yeah. they self-sabotage all the time mm-hmm. and and come up with reasons why they can't and they mm-hmm. like it's and there is that I don't know some some anxiety tinged um lack of security. Lack it's, of security. Yeah. A couple other things that I think are ways they hmm. steal is, you know, the and it goes with that end. It's just a general lack of risk taking. You know, whether it be relationships or finances right. or career choices right. or whatever else. Like, well, even like when Chris was talking about like, yeah, it's a sense of security of like going out into the physical world and something physical could happen to you. It's also emotional. Like, well, if I don't go, then I'm not going to get hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people who have had their heart broken three times and they're like, well, that's it for me. Third time's a charm. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. done. Yeah. I'd rather be mm-hmm. content and alone than yeah. risk mm-hmm. because their need for security is so high. Right. And, and, sort of the cousin to lack of risk is hoarding behavior. And again, hoarding, mm. whether it be finances, whether it be possessions, um, possessions or relationships, mm-hmm. you know, that they're the one that's going to go out and, and be everything to everybody all the time so that they can please everybody. So that I'm going to have so many friends and I'm going to have so many of this and so many of that because I can't, you know, hmm. and, and it just translates many different ways. When uh, one thing we can do in general to meet that need. And we sort of talked about it earlier, but in a more specific way is to be consistent with people. The, the more highly volatile we are, if you have somebody in your life who has a high need for security, I guess maybe that's the way we could, you know, how can you meet exactly one person's need for consistency, the closest person to you? It's just to be consistent and to not have the highs and the lows and mm-hmm. to overcome transgressions, to overcome mm-hmm. conflict mm-hmm. and to see it through. And that may be, you know, Rachel was raised in an environment there was, you know, there was yelling, but it, there wasn't ever conflict because there wasn't enough passion behind the mm-hmm. relationships. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I was the first person she'd ever said sorry to. And mm-hmm. so we had to go from there. And it was just, it was a whole new thing. So I had to be that, you know, that constant mm-hmm. kind of a thing. <laughs> and to reassure the people in your life that, mm-hmm. hey, it's going to be okay. Everything's, and here's why it's going to be okay. Because if you just say, hey, look, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's better than not saying it's going to be fine. Yeah. But to take the time and say, here's what's going to happen. One, two, Uh three, four. And then allow them to talk. Allow them to express their needs. Uh And, and, you know, to go back to what you just said about being consistent, um, especially with a very significant relationship, like to do that over the long term can be an incredibly costly to you thing, you Ooh, know, and it's got to be intentional. Well, it's, it's got to be intentional. And I like, I, I go back to love is patient, love is kind, long suffering. You know, I go right to that verse because how else are you as the stable person or the consistent person where, like, how do you find that strength? You know? And, and for me, like, I really think about that, that verse and the principles within that verse, because those are going to be the things that sustain you as this other person is trying to find some, you know, security in a relationship where they've never had it before. Absolutely. I would say in that same vein, it takes a lot to put food on the table. It takes a lot to pay a mortgage. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to pay a home equity line of credit. <laughs> you know, About to find out. These are all physical needs. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes a lot to meet emotional needs. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have that mindset. And mm-hmm. if you've made it an hour into this podcast, you know, you're in the game. Mm-hmm. And so we appreciate you sitting at the table with us every week. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, as far as meeting that need, it's, it's do, meeting their needs, doing what they need over and over again and giving them an opportunity to realize, okay, you, it's, they're not going to hear you say it's okay. You have to continually prove to them 
right. that it is okay. Yeah, or right. cutting them off at the pass, you know, and like, you know, locking that door before that person asks or saying something along the lines of like, I really appreciate you and I love you, you know. Just Let before, me text you before you text exactly, me. I'm, right. I'm leaving this place now. <clears throat> yeah. I had that. I had that conversation when, when Rachel and I were first married, and that leads to my the the best one of the best things you can do for your significant other who has a high need for security is know your own emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Because I had a high need for respect, and so she kept with Rachel having a high need for security. Would call me and call me and mm-hmm. call me, and I'm like, "Were you checking up on me?" Right. And so I finally said to her, you know, I figured it out. This is long before I knew any of this. So if I called you, would you call me less? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, all right. Every time I get in the car, I'll call you. And she was like, that'll be good, which is ironic because I have clearly met that need because I do not need to do that anymore. Hmm. Oh. I could never call her again and she wouldn't <laughs> even know. <laughs> but in that time, but my point is knowing my own needs. I was taking it as a taking away from my respect. Right. You don't respect me. You don't trust me. I, I got a job because yeah. I, I was in youth ministry, which isn't a real job, according to a lot of people. So you think you can just call me when I'm working? You know, it was so yeah. messy and ugly. So mm. when we are hurt, when our emotional needs are not met, it goes four places. Anger, fear, anger, fear, guilt, and self-condemnation, not in that order. <laughs> so when you do not have, and we've sort of talked about this, but we're just kind of bringing it home. When you do not have your need for security met and your biggest and your hurts go to fear, well, that's pretty obvious. That's when it goes to manic behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll go to a lockdown. Mm-hmm. It'll go to um, 17 locks on your door. Yeah. All those kind of things. 25 checks of your text messages, snooping mm-hmm. on your phone, all that kind of stuff. If it goes to guilt, it really ends up with just like a lack of intimacy because it's my fault. So you're just going to. You're not going to be open because I'm ashamed, you know, guilt, shame, kind of self-condemnation as well. But it's like, it's my fault. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm just going to withdraw. I'm not going to be open. I'm not going to be honest. I'm not going to be vulnerable. It's all my fault. I'm the worst. Hmm. And it becomes obsessive. And the same sort of, it's very similar with self-condemnation. You're going to withdraw. You're going to isolate from people, from things, you know, that I'm just not worthy of having my needs met. Hmm. I'm not going to value myself anymore. And it can be really, it's, it's quite depressing, mm. which is where self-condemnation leads. Or anger. And then anger. It's gonna, not my fault. It's your fault. Well, it's going to go to rage. I mean, you're just going to be angry at everybody who's ever come close to taking your need for security and then conflate that to those who aren't meeting your need. Mm. And you're going to dump on them. You know, the same, if you were raised in a traumatic household, if you were betrayed by people that were supposed to be there for you, and now somebody doesn't, now they're not taking your need anymore. They're just not meeting your need. So somebody in a new relationship, you know, you're, you're now dating somebody or you're, say you're married, but your parents were never there for you. And now the first time they don't check in on you, you're getting all that lifetime mm. of anger at, your, at their parents being dumped at you. And you're like, what is this all about? Mm-hmm. So mm. that's sort of a way of wrapping that up. But I mean, we certainly went over the rest of it earlier. Um, the, the best thing is know your own needs. Meet your spouses, your significant other, your children, your coworker. You know, we keep calling it the cheat code. But to, to understand somebody's emotional needs and then to meet them is going to put you far ahead of everybody else, mm-hmm. whether it be relationships or, or whatever. All right. And that's how we're going to wrap up our episode number 194 on security. 
Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you could take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. See you next week. Adios. Goodbye, non-floaters. What are you going to do on your birthday? Love some Benny Boo. It was great seeing you. I love Spring Break, love Ben. I don't have that information. I can't imagine. I want to find that out. That it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> Is it all going to come crashing right. down again? It's- Lex is um, hitting it real hard. We threw gas on it, you know, and and all. Yeah, wow. Well.